Hey, we're glad to be back together again. Thank you for tuning in. We, we pray this is a blessing to you. Find the passage in 2 Peter 3.18. It's where we're going to be today. Uh, right along with our discipleship challenge and really using that to examine where we are in discipleship. And today we're really going to be talking about growing, growing in the Lord. 2 Peter 3.18. Let me read it to you. It says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Let's pray together. Father, I, I pray that you help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. I pray, Lord, that you help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation, I pray that if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then out of everybody watching and listening today, um, I know that of all these people, I'm the one under a greater judgment, a more strict judgment, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. We're going to stay in line with our theme of discipleship. And uh, last, last Sunday, last sermon, we handled a definition. And the definition that we handled uh, is from Gene Mims. It's called the, King, the Kingdom Focused Church. And I want to read it to you again. It says, The local church is a kingdom community of believers in dynamic fellowship under Christ's lordship. Its purpose is to establish the kingdom as it fulfills the Great Commission with a passion to see every person complete in Christ through making disciples, maturing believers, and multiplying ministries. Uh, I want you to focus on that last part. And that last part is that we are focusing on making disciples, maturing believers, and multiplying ministries. And we're going to be handling that this Sunday and even next Sunday. So the result of discipleship is really four things. It is numerical growth, it is spiritual transformation, it is ministry expansion, and it is kingdom advance. And today we're gonna to be handling numerical growth and spiritual transformation. Um, numerical growth is a result of good discipleship. There's a, something that I learned from another believer, another brother in the Lord, and it is the word increase. And actually, uh, we are going to be handling scriptures today that really has that picture in it, that picture of increase. When I pray for people in, in a, that are going through physical ailment, um, I've been doing that a lot, obviously, lately, but I do that a lot because I'm a preacher. I pray for increase in their life, and I, and I mean a physical increase. If I'm handling with somebody that's in a financial situation, I pray for financial increase. If it's relationships, the, the right relationships, there'll be an increase in that. If it's emotional, whether dealing with the lies of the enemy, I pray for the increase of truth in their life. Uh, it's spiritual. I pray for the increase of their growth, that God would give them people that would challenge their faith and deepen their faith. I just want you to see the picture of, uh, of, of a faithful life around the world, the word increase. So the result of a good discipleship is, uh, is increase. Are numbers the goal? They are not. Numbers are not the goal. It can be a picture of a result, but we know that results can go unseen. We know they can become unmeasurable, exponential. Like your faithfulness 
is affecting people all over the world that we may never be able to count uh, other than what the Lord is doing in their life. But you may not know that this side of glory. So are numbers the goal? No, they can be a result, but there also can be results that you never see on this side of glory. So numbers are not the goal. Scripture does mention numbers, especially in the book of Acts, about so many at a baptism and and so many that came to the Lord. They do that. In fact, just, just to make you laugh a little bit, there's even an Old Testament book. And guess what the name of it is? That's, that's right. You got it. It's called Numbers, right? Uh, so the, the picture is that numbers should never replace a person, ever replace a person. Numbers should never be the measuring stick. It can produce data, something for you to look at, but it's never the measuring stick. And remember, we say this at our church, we learned it from a, a, another man who has spoken into our discipleship life. It says, you, just because you have a crowd doesn't mean you have a church. So it, be, it doesn't become the, the, the measuring stick. So what is our goal? Our goal is, uh, is specifically to become a kingdom-focused church. And if you're a kingdom-focused church, you're going to be absolutely centered on discipleship. So the result of discipleship can be and often will be numerical growth, but that's not our goal. And I'm going to show you how that happens with the next one. And that is the result of discipleship is spiritual growth. This is the one we focus on. This, I've given you four, numerical growth, spiritual transformation, uh, ministry expansion, and kingdom advance. <clears throat> but if all the other three are going to happen, then the spiritual transformation has got to occur. Our goal, our goal is the deepening of our faith, my faith and yours. And then it, it our goal is the likeness of Christ, is to be like Jesus and to be like Christ, to react the way that he reacts. Not just in the Jesus stuff, not just in the church stuff, but in the world stuff. That's where the kingdom is impacting the world. When we have life challenges and world challenges, how in the world are we responding to that Yes, it's, it's, we're going to respond to it in a way that Jesus would respond to it. So I'll go back to our introductory verse, our text, 2 Peter 3.18. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. And Simon Peter finishes by saying, Amen. We're going to focus on grow in that verse. We're going to focus on grace. We're going to focus on knowledge. When Simon Peter tells us in this writing to grow, he means keep moving. It's a picture of keep moving. Keep moving forward. Um, we haven't obtained it all, but sometimes we act like we have. Paul wrote Philippians uh, 3.12. He says, Not that I have already reached or obtained the goal or am already fully mature." but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Uh, you and I would look at the Apostle Paul who almost wrote half of the books of the New Testament as somebody who had obtained it all. That would be our view. 
But Paul's view is he hasn't obtained it all yet. Well, let me let me let you in on something. If Paul says he hadn't obtained it all yet, then I'm for certain we haven't. Uh, I don't know that we match the devotion and the compassion and the passion of this man uh, and the activity of this man. So uh, it, it's true of you. We get to a place, and here's what happens to us. We give our life to the Lord. We surrender to the Lord, and we're saved. That's what we use in our church language. And uh, we're, we're a new person. We'll get to that in a second. And then we, we have eternal life. We have heaven. And we, we can just stop there. There's, there's nothing else. We've punched our ticket. We've got it, our name in the book, and it's all over. And guys, that's just the beginning of it all. That becomes just the beginning. And the, the picture that you and I, we're still growing, continually growing in the Lord. We haven't obtained it all. So we, uh, the, the growing is that we've got to grow you. We are growing you. And when we grow you, then the kingdom and the church grows too. You see, the, a lot of times we think the key to numerical growth is just saying a goal of X amount of people and working hard to get that number. And that doesn't work. That will not work. That's why numerical growth is, is not the goal. It's spiritual growth and spiritual transformation. And uh, we, we, uh, we focus on the, the numerical, but we fail to focus on the spiritual. I want to give you something from 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. And I want to show you this. And uh, when you read this, this is about training the body in physical fitness. And it doesn't say there's anything wrong with that. In fact, it should be a part of our life. But he says, Paul says to Timothy, the young pastor, it's more important that you stay spiritually fit. Let me read it to you. Paul says to Timothy, but have nothing to do with irreverent and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. Uh, and that picture could be, some, some interpretations are, stay spiritually fit. For the training of the body has limited benefit. He says it has benefit, but it's only limited benefit. But godliness or spiritual fitness is beneficial in every way. And look at, listen to this. Don't, don't write me off since it holds promise for the present life and the life that is to come. Um, physical fitness, he says, is limited. Spiritual fitness is, is unlimited. And what happens in our world today is we'll be so fixed on the body and, and, and proud of it that we're to the point that we are not doing what we need to do to stay spiritually fit. You should do both. But the balance is not 50-50. The balance is not 50% of focus on uh, physical fitness and 50% spiritual fitness. The, the, the more percentage needs to be on your spiritual life. So I'm asking you this, to even just look, and I'm gonna use the word weigh. Can I do that? Can I use the word weigh when we're talking about being physically fit? Um, you need to weigh this out. And you need to weigh this out because where do I spend most of my attention? I just want to warn you. If you're if you're more if you're more focused on being physically fit, the body, than you are being spiritually fit, 
it can be a form of idolatry uh, that you, it's what you've created. We need to get into what God is creating. Physical fitness, it's necessary. Spiritual fitness is even more necessary. And when he says about growing, that is the picture that he's absolutely being able to give us. We are to grow. And then what are we growing into? He says that we are growing, that we, that we are to grow in grace. You know what grace is, right? Grace is, is what is God giving us what we don't deserve. We, we actually don't deserve it at all. And he goes ahead and gives it to us anyway. And the picture here is if, if, if it's given to you and you have it, then you need to bestow it upon other people. I have to learn to be patient with people. I have to realize that there are some new Christians who don't act like mature Christians. I need to act, there's unbelievers and unbelievers don't act like believers. I've got to learn to be patient and I have to sometimes count to 10, take some deep breaths and realize God's given me grace when I didn't deserve it and out of that act of love and that graciousness, pun intended, I have got to be gracious with other people. I have got to be able to do that. Um, I may not know fully where they are or fully where they need to be. And I just remember what he's done with me and I have to do it with others. So it says we are to grow and keep moving, but grow in graciousness. Grow in being gracious to other people. We have to share it. We have to share it. He says also to grow into knowledge. And uh, this knowledge that he tells us to grow into, if you look at the verse, it says that it is knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, it doesn't say knowledge about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It says knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For some reason, we're thinking that if we know more facts about Jesus, uh, it, that it, it or anything biblical, if we know the facts, know where to turn, can get there faster than anybody else, for some reason that makes us spiritual. It doesn't. Here, Simon Peter, I think, is careful in what he says, and I also think he's careful in the challenge that it presents to me and you. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of, not the knowledge that about. Uh, we have a saying here that's given to us by, by uh, uh, Dan Greider, who's spoken into our discipleship life here in culture at Hope Church. And uh, I remember him saying this a few years back, and we use it a lot. We say you can't learn what you think you already know. You can't learn. Some of us think we already know uh, all of Jesus that we need to know. And that can just be. He's a son of God, he's salvation, cross, resurrection, and eternal life, and that's it. I, I, I want to learn more than this. this. This Jesus, our Jesus, our Lord is magnificent. He's unbelievable. He's mind-blowing in what he's able to do. No one is greater than him. No one is more powerful than him. No one has more authority than him in what is seen and unseen. This planet and everything that you can't see. He has all authority when it comes to that. And so we, we, we're going to grow in the knowledge, not about Jesus and all this stuff, but uh, of Jesus and all this stuff. 
Why did he come? What's his salvation look like? Why did he go on the cross? How do I experience the power of the resurrection now? Was that a one-time event with no power today? No, it's we, we did it last Sunday. The kingdom of God is not mere talk, but of power. What kind of power? That resurrection power. I don't want to just know about the resurrection. I want to know the power of the resurrection. So the challenge here is not just knowing about Jesus. The challenge here is knowing of Jesus. I'm growing in the knowledge of him. It becomes experiential. Uh, to, to be able to help you out in a clearer way, it just means that you, are, you understand Jesus. I've had people say some things to me about Jesus in counseling sessions or being a pastor. And I know sometimes pastoring you think and counseling is just one way that it's those of us in ministry are just giving somebody, like I could just turn around Tyra and just give her all this information and that's counseling. And I, sometimes I ask him, if we're on a particular topic, tell me what you know from that. You know, what do you get from that? Where are you? And that, that really helps guide me. And I, I realize that a lot of people know about Jesus, what he did, but they really don't experience Jesus who's raised from the dead. And just remember what, what Peter wrote here, Simon Peter wrote. He said, we, we grow, we keep moving. We're gonna keep growing. There's more to know and understand. We're gonna grow in grace because sometimes we're not gracious. And we're gonna grow in the understanding and the knowledge, not about Jesus, but of Jesus. And I've had people say things to me that they think Jesus is this. And guys, when they say it, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the wrong buzzer on the game show. You know, it's got that eh on there and this makes it sound bad, the X or whatever. Uh, I, uh, I just want to be able to realize that when I hear some things, I'm going, that's not the Jesus that I know. I'm not talking about the Jesus that I know about, but it's not the Jesus that I know of. The understanding is also experiential that I, I, I'm experiencing the Lord in phenomenal ways. I, I, want, I want to remind you and know you, we're growing in this understanding is what we're doing. Not about Jesus, but our understanding of Jesus. And lastly, I want to leave you with this picture of spiritual transformation in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, I'm not knowing about him. I know of him. I know him. I understand him. He is a new creation. Amen. Old things have passed away. And look, new things have come. Or I learned it. Uh, all, all things become new. Uh, and the picture here is it's a new you coming to Christ and surrendering to him. It's a new you, a new creation, and a new life. Listen to me. If you're not careful, some of you think you come to Jesus for a better life. That's not true. I come to Jesus because I need a new life. I'm not coming to him to make me better. I didn't come to Jesus hoping he'll make me a better husband or a better father or a better friend. I, I came to Jesus because I needed to be a new husband. I needed to be a new father. I needed to be a new friend. I don't come to him because I, I, I want him to make this a little bit better. I come to him because I want him to make me 
new. You become new in Christ. And my challenge for you today is to make sure that you're growing. Take, take 2 Peter 3.18. You're growing in the grace and the knowledge, not about our Lord, but of our Lord in Him. And to Him be glory and now and forever, uh, even to the day of eternity that Simon Peter writes. Okay, so we, we handle today numerical growth. That's not the goal. You can, you can count, do your numbers. It's not the goal. We handled spiritual transformation. If you want the increase to occur, then the deepening of your faith has got to happen. And you'll see the increase. The increase will be a result. And you'll see it in all kinds of ways, even exponential ways, ways you can't even measure it. But where does it begin? It begins with me. How does it begin? Not a better me. I need to be a new me. And I become a new me in and through the person of Jesus Christ. So you grow in the grace and the knowledge and the understanding of our Lord, not about our Lord, okay? You can know the facts and still not know Him. I want you to know Him. I wanted to tell you that we love you. We thank you for turning in, tuning in to us, being a part of our, just being a part of our church. You are a part of our church. And remember what we say to each other, right? Grace and peace. God bless you.